Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. It shall be focused on the study of Isaiah chapter 48 and 49. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, for as we're taught that you have graven us in the palm of your hands. We thank thee, O Lord, to know that you have such great concern for us. Help us to have faith in your word, to know that you you said you would never leave us comfortless, but Lord, that you will be with us, even in us, to the end of the world. Speak to us today out of thy word, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Up next, we shall listen to Isaiah chapter 48 and 49. Chapter 48 Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. For they call themselves of the holy city, and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee, lest thou shouldst say, Mine idol hath done them, and my graven image, and my molten image hath commanded them. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not ye declare it? I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. They are created now, and not from the beginning. Even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou shouldest say, Behold, I knew them. Yea, thou heardest not, yea, thou knewest not. Yea, from that time that thine ear was not opened. For I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously, and wast called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. For mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. All ye, assemble yourselves and hear. Which among them hath declared these things? The Lord hath loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken. Yea, I have called him. I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. O that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments, Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Thy seed also had been as the sand, and the offspring of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Go ye forth of Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing declare ye, Tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth, say ye, The Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. And they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock also, 
and the waters gushed out. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Chapter 49 Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me, and said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain, I have spent my strength for naught, and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb, to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and his Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth, to them that are in darkness, Show yourselves, they shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. And I will make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north, and from the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Thy children shall make haste. Thy destroyers and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all, as with an ornament and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. For thy waste and thy desolate places, and the land of thy destruction, shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have, after thou hast lost the other, shall say again in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro, and who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, 
Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children, and I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. And they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine, and all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Turn on the Light. This was preached in 1964 on January the 25th. We'll begin at paragraph 18 up to paragraph 105. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. You know, Mr. McAnally, I think he's present. I seen his truck outside. Some time ago, we were setting one of my first trips here to Arizona to go hunting. We were setting out here near the superstitious mountain. I'd heard of it for a long time and heard many of the legends that had been told about the superstition. I remember looking for it the first time. It was before day and a great ghostly shadow hung at the east of me, which was known as the superstition. I'd heard about the Indians, how they wouldn't go near it, how they were afraid, how the Spanish had mistreated them in the early days when they was hunting gold. They claimed that evil spirits lived in it. All this stirred my curiosity. But I only had a flashlight to see the superstition first. And then I watched until after a while the majesty of the sun began to move upon the darkness. When it did, it separated the darkness from the light and pressed the darkness back. Finally, she raised her highness up over the top of the mountain and it showed superstition just what it was. It lit up and showed what it was. And all the spooks and fears that I had of the superstition when the sun was shining in its power upon it all fled away. The sun is the king of all lights on this earth and the natural lights. No matter how much artificial light that we can have and how many great electric rays we can produce, when that sun rises, all the rest of them dim out. That's the same thing it is with the Word of God. When the Word of God rises, all superstitions, denominational fanaticisms and things spread away and it shows it just exactly what it is. God in the beginning said, let there be light. The light only comes, the true light, the king light comes by the word of God. God separated the light from the darkness in the beginning. And the word of God made manifest always separates the light from the darkness. People can rise up with this, that, or the other. Isms can rise. Communism, fascism, and all other isms can rise. Superstitions, cults whatever it might be, might rise. But when that king light of the Bible raises up all superstitions and things, but you see, we know it's there, but until it's vindicated, proves its light, then we have no right to argue against that because it shuts all other light out. Jesus said, let every man's word be a lie and mine be the truth. His word is superior over all man's words, over all anything. His word is light. And we know that in the beginning it must have been foggy and dismal and dark as the world was turning. And when God knew that he had a need of light, now his seed was already in the earth because he had planted it there. Now he needed light to bring forth that seed, to make that seed live because the seed was already there. Just like it is in each age, God has foretold us what would take place in each age. The only thing he needs is a manifestation of the light of God upon that scripture to make it live for that age. Just as that. And it will do it as long as the light can get to the word. If the word's germatized, it'll make it live if it's a promise for that day. You might plant wheat at one time or grain at another time. Some come slower than other because it depends on the season. God's word comes in season. The law and the grace and so forth as we went on down through the ages. And each time it's lit up by the manifestation of the light spreading forth the, the life that's in the seed. By the word of God, 
the sun shines today because the very sun that we're enjoying is God's Word made manifest. This very sunlight that we see outside is nothing but God's Word when He said, Let there be light. And what if He'd said, Let there be light, and there was no light? Then it wasn't God's fault. When God says, Let there be, there will be. And so we find out that the sun that we now are enjoying is the manifestation of God's Word spoken in Genesis. And we realize that God's light of the day is His Son. The one was S-U-N, this one's S-O-N. S-O-N is the Bible. He was in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hebrews 13, 8, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the Word of God always. It was Christ and Noah. It was Christ in Moses. It was Christ in David that looked up as a rejected king upon the city where 800 years later Christ sat there weeping over a city being a rejected king just like David was. It's always the Spirit of Christ and the full manifestation of God's Word was made known through Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. No life can come outside of life. Life produces uh, light produces life. There can be no life, life outside of life, natural or spiritual. There must be and only light can come by the Word of God. God's Word is the light when it's manifested. It's just a seed laying here as God planted all the seeds. Our bodies was on the earth before the world. Well, be, before there's any light here, any life here, or anything, the calcium potash, petroleum, cosmic light, whatever it was here, was here when God created the earth. It only taken His spoken word to bring it into existence, just like it did botany life or tree life or whatever life there is to be. Nothing can live natural or spiritual without His light. And His word is light and life. But when He sends His light and makes it known to the people... And then it is rejected. Then what about that? That's what we want to talk about this morning, is rejecting this light. By them it's sent to, rejects it just like it was then. Behold my servant, whom I have delighted in. He's a light to the Gentiles. He's a light to the world. He was a light of the world, but he was rejected. That's the sad part. And it meets that condition every time that God manifests His light. The world itself rejects that light. Why? It's written right in the Bible. Each age, God has lauded so much of His Word for each age, and He always sends somebody to manifest that Word. Jesus had been prophesied for 4,000 years that He would come Messiah. And when He come, He manifested every promise of Messiah. But yet the people of the world, the churches and so forth, know nothing about him. The so-called they had done, got in some other thing that kept them away from knowing this. Now what if a, a man, just we take the natural part, what if a man that is born here to walk in the light of that sun, what God's created for him, and the first thing you know, he shuts his eyes, runs into the basement, closes the door, pulls down the shade, and just refuses to recognize the sun's a shining. He denies its privileges. He denies its warming rays, its life-giving resource. He denies the light that is spread so he can see where he's going, where he come from. He denies that. What would you say to a man that pulled down the shades or run into the basement and closed all the light off everywhere and just simply refused to recognize the sun was shining. There's something mentally wrong with that person. Anyone knows that a natural mind will tell you there's something wrong with that person. That he is, he's, he's, something has happened to him. He's lost his reasons. Well, so is it in the hours that we live when a man will cover himself up with some kind of a, of a excuse to actually recognize the gospel light as it's shining forth as it is today. When a man deliberately turns away from it, goes into something and pulls down the curtain and says, I don't believe it. There's something wrong with that person. There's just no way of getting around it. There's something wrong. Something has happened to him. And 
we find out that there's so, so much of that today. Now, Jesus was all the inspired prophets' testimonies and all their prophecy was brought to light in his age that had been prophesied for his age. He lit up every candle of word that was in the Bible that was prophesied of him. A virgin shall conceive. She did. All right. His name shall be called Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He was. And the eyes of the blind shall see. They did. Everything that was prophesied of him happened when he come on earth. And why the people could not see that. That was, it seems strange to us now because we're looking back through a rear view mirror. But did you ever know if you keep looking back that way, you'll wreck. Let's look what's ahead for us. That's what they were doing. The reason that they did that because they were living in a glare of another light. They were living in the glare of a light of another day. And that's what I believe is the matter with the world today, uh, friends, is because we're trying to live in a glare of a light that shined in another day. A glare is a false light. It's like a mirage on the road. We go down the road and see a mirage. It's a false conception of the sun. And when you get there, it hasn't produced a thing but something false. Because you cannot walk in the glare of the sun because it's a mirage always showing you something there's nothing to. And when people try to tell you that Jesus Christ isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever, they're leading you into a mirage. That's all. And when you get into church and join church, some cold creed or something like that, there's nothing there no more than what you had in the world. Let me tell you, don't refuse the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which brings the warming rays of the Holy Ghost upon you, makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Don't try to walk in some glare of another age. Now, that glare might have been all right in the other age. It might have been all right for them. It proves so in the day of our Lord Jesus. He was the scriptural light of that day. He was the light. He wasn't the light until he come on the earth to vindicate the promised word. You know, he said there, John was a bright and shining light. And you love to walk in his light for a season. Certainly, because John had been prophesied by Isaiah 712 years before his birth, and a voice of one to be crying in the wilderness. And then also Malachi, the last of the prophets, 400 years before his coming in the third chapter of Malachi, he said, Behold, I send my messenger before my face to prepare the way. Here was John on earth making that written word live. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, and he always also was preparing the way before the Messiah. And Jesus said, you love to walk in his light because he was that light, bright and shining light. And John, he said, now I must decrease. My light must go out because why? I have served my time that's prophesied of me. Hear ye him. He's the one. Follow him. It living in that day, it proved us. Now, the Jews thought that they were worshiping in the true light. They thought they were worshiping this same God that they were turning down. Amen. The very one that they thought that they were worshiping, they were crucifying. They were making fun of the very God and making him a laughing stock of the people. The very God that they thought they were worshiping. May I say this with reverence and respect, but to bring light, because as a brother said a while ago, we're living later than you think we are. One of these days, something's going to happen. It's going to be too late. The people will take on the mark of the beast, not even knowing what they're doing. Blind lead the blind, they all fall in the ditch, Jesus said. And we're living later than we think. Many honest people follow that, not even knowing what they're doing. But the hour is at hand now when the light is shining, the gospel light and its power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ manifesting itself that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He lauded that for this day. The things that he promised of this day must happen in this day. If the church won't accept that God's able to these stones to rise children of Abraham. He'll get his message over because he's always done it. He always will do it. People thinking that they're walking in the light, the traditions of the fathers, and the first thing you know, they're walking in a glare of a light, not the same light. Rejected the very light that they claim to be worshiping. His works thoroughly vindicated who he was. Jesus said himself, 
Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify me. Who can condemn me of sin, he said? Who can prove that I have said anything or any claim that I've made that the Heavenly Father hasn't vindicated that through me? Has proved to you that he was a light of the hour because it's all prophesied that this Messiah should be this way and yet bloomed to life. But their traditions had separated them from the real light of the word. Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, and whatever it might be, they got the world so gommed up like they did in all ages. That they could not see the real light. It put their eyes out. They used to walk in the glare. Next day it'll be this. And tomorrow it'll be this. We'll join this. It'll be that. We'll join that. We find it's a false mirage. Jesus Christ is just as real today to a human heart as he ever was. His power and his living presence is just as real today as it ever was. Oh, a little while and the world won't see me no more. Cosmos, the order of the world won't see me anymore. Yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. The works that I do shall you do also. Even greater than this shall you do, cross I go to my Father. That great promise is today. The world is as blind as they can be. But there is a ye that shall see me. And that's what we're trying to get today. What the full gospel need is to express Jesus Christ in the power of his resurrection. And all the fullness of his promises. That the Holy Ghost manifests these things and make them right. That God has promised and he will do it. Yes, sir. He had been thoroughly vindicated by the, the word and by the works that he was doing, but none of them wanted to believe it. Proved his light was the word. The word said it. Search the scriptures. But their traditions that they were living in, a glare of another age. They said, we believe Moses. Moses, who we believe. We don't know whence you come from. Where would you get your education? Why, what can you prove that you're this? His works testified who he was. If they'd only read the Bible, they was reading it, but they couldn't see it. My works identify me. A man's note by his credentials, the credentials of the Word of God, if he's sent by the Word of God and with the Word of God. Same in every age it's always been. We can't live by yesterday's light. Yesterday's light is history. We know nothing about it. You can't get warm today by the sun that shines yesterday. That's what's the matter with the churches today. That's what's the matter with the people who are trying to live on what happened yesterday. You can't warm by a painted fire? Certainly not. It has no heat in it. Yesterday's sun has no heat in it. The sunlight is sent to the earth and the natural to ripen the grain for the advancing harvest. Each day brings forth a new sun. The sun that's shining today bringing the wheat up in Canada. That same sun, well, if it had, it didn't have no more sun in that this coming July or August, it could never ripen the grain. It's got to be stronger and more powerful. Each day it grows and matures to bring the grain on. Now, if the grain itself, if it begins to mature, the grain comes on. If it stays right with the grain, it only builds the grain. Each day, the husk around it, the, the part calcium and whatever goes in it, builds right into the grain as the sun gets stronger. But you take the sun that shines in August and put it on the wheat today, it would kill it. Certainly you can't do that. It must come in its season. So must God's uh, wheat and grain ripen just in the season. The season it's in. But how could a sun, well, a wheat would die, the fruits would die by the sun that lives today, uh, shines today rather. It's gone coming harvest, it's ripening. The grain should mature with the light. But the thing is, Today, the church grain don't want to mature. It wants to stay like it was back in Moody's time. Sankey, Finney, Knox, Calvin. They were all right. They were the light of the hour. But this is another hour. This is another day. This is the advancement of the gospel. It's coming to its maturity. So we can't live in what Luther said, Wesley said, or some of the rest of it. We're living in the light that's predicted for this day. We're in the seventh church age, not the third or fourth church age. The grain should be able to receive it. If it doesn't, it falls off and it means nothing to it. The grain is matured with the light if it goes ahead with the light. So should the church bring forth the bread of each age that Jesus commanded that man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The bread that we need is in the Bible. It is a complete revelation of God's plan. It's a complete revelation of Jesus Christ. We add nothing to it or take anything from it. Whosoever does, his name will be taken out of the book of life. 
We don't need any creeds to add to this. It's written just the way it's supposed to be. We don't add nothing to it. Take nothing from it. Preach it just the way it is. And God is will manifest it. Every promise that He promised, He'll manifest it just the same. We're not supposed to take from it or add to it. Just leave it the way it is. But you see, today, we find the people like it was somewhat in that day there, trying to live back in a glare. The church should ripen as the wheat ripens. That man shall live by not by bread alone, but by every word of God, the bread of life. Not just part of the words. Every word of God. Every age, just don't stand eat beans and potatoes all the time. These other things goes with it. As we go on into the full course of God's great dinner that's set before His people, the power of the Holy Ghost, the, the rejoicing of it, the, uh, the power and the Spirit that has been given, the works that I do shall you do also. Because I live, you live also. The promises that Jesus made to his church. And yet today we find people trying to go way back into some other ages gone by. Luther's age, he was a great age. He saw the faulty of the Catholic church, saw the communion, that, that young priest. He saw that that was wrong. It wasn't the literal body of Christ. as a piece of bread that they had blessed. And he saw that the wine wasn't the literal blood, but it represented the blood. So he protested the thing because the hour of that time was there. And no matter how many priests they had and whatever more they had, God got a hold of a man that can make the light shine. Amen. He accepted justification by faith. And he made the light of the Lutheran age shine. After that, come along, that lived his time out. There come another time that the church should get away from its sins and be sanctified. Along come John Wesley, a little uh, Anglican man from over in England there that belonged to the Anglican church. But he saw the light on the gospel. It was an hour for that Philadelphian age to come forth. And when he did, he preached the second works of grace, a sanctification by the blood of Jesus Christ. There was nothing could stand in its life. He was considered a fanatic just like Luther was, but he protested all the rest of them was and shined forth the light because it was the light of the hour. God found a man, John Wesley, who could turn on the light. He found on, and also a Luther that turned on the light for that age. Then along come the Pentecostal brethren. They come back in their age of the restoration of the gifts. Restore that, the gifts of speaking in tongues, the gifts of healing, and things to the church. Now, they did just exactly what the Scriptures said they would do. And when they did, they manifested it. That's exactly right. But did you realize we've moved on from that? We're in the bride time, the selecting time. The time that the bride, they said we would have. All the caterpillar left, said Joel 2.28... All the caterpillar left, the, the palm worm eaten. All the palm worm left, the locust eaten. Each one of those organizations, if you've read the seven seals of the Bible, each one of those reformers went forth and preached the word, but left something off. Then what did they do after the reformers over in the light begin to dim out? Instead of walking on into further light, they organized it. And when they organized it, we believe this light. This is the light. This is it. What did they do? Wesley come right on and moved away from them. What did Wesley do? He organized after him and uh, his, his brother John and, and uh, Charles and, and along come Asbury and those. And after their days, they organized what was called the Methodist Church. What did they do? They rejected further light. Amen. They just said, this is the light. This is it. Then along come the Pentecostals and showed them up that God still sends down the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He still brings down his power of healing, which they denied. What did he do? Walk right away from him because it was another light. What is it now? We've passed around 60 years. The Pentecostals is organized. We are this, we are that, and God's walked right away from him. How he's literally bringing forth a bride, a elect, out of that group, which there have never been in their church age, a Philadelphia church age, was Wesley, and the Lady of Sea Church Age is a Pentecostal organization, which all goes right straight into the mark of the beast. That's the Bible. This brother was saying a few moments ago. That is true, right? They're all them organization because they refuse to walk in further light. They organize themselves and say, we believe this. When God does something, check it with the Scripture. The Pharisees said, we have it. The Sadducees said, we have it. But God had it. God turned on the key and showed the light. It was rejected like it's always been. The Catholic Church rejected Luther. Wesley rejected uh, 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 Luther. Uh, and so also the Pentecostal rejected Wesley. 
And the Holy Spirit today is rejecting the Pentecostals. You're getting just as farm and cold as the rest of them. Everybody can see that. I love you. The closest thing there is to the Bible that I know of. That's why I'm with you. But listen, open your eyes and see the day that we're living in. It's time for the key to turn again and a light to come on to take out a tree. The Bible said in Malachi 4, he would send forth and restore again the original faith that was with the people. He promised it. He's always done it. He sent his word and the prophets came because the word came to the prophets and they had the word and made it live. The organizations and systems of the time turned it down. Every age. So will they do it today. God just is able today to rise a man now as he was then. He never did raise an organization. Asked any historian, look through the history. When an organization organized, it died there and never raised again. God speaks to individuals. Right? And God promised to do it again in the last days, and that He'll do. What God has promised, that He will do to turn on a light that can vindicate the promised scriptures of the day. Jesus said, as it was in the days of uh, Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. You show, you see what they're doing. Look at Jehovah, what He's done. Our Father has set everything in position. There's Lot down there in the world, down there in Sodom, with all the sin lukewarm. There's a messenger down there preaching to him too. There's Abraham's group, the elected, pulled out. The one with the promise, waiting truly for the son. Lot was looking for his son also, but not in the form that Abraham was looking for him. What happened just before it happened? God come down and manifested himself in flesh and declared that he was the word. For the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword and a discerner of the thoughts that's in the heart. Jesus said, so shall it be again at the coming of the Son of Man. These promises are divine. They were spoke by the lips of Jesus Christ. Both heavens and earth will fail, but they never will fail. God is still able to the stones to rise children unto Abraham. Oh, yes. We are in our journey or something like Israel was. Israel in their journey had to get new manna every day for new manna fell. We are supposed not to live in the light of Luther, live in the light of, of Wesley, or live in the light of Pentecost. We're in another age. New manna. What happened if they tried to keep that man over? It contaminated. It would kill them. That's the reason we got so many spiritual dead so-called Christians. They're eating a glare of another day. They're eating manna. That's already contaminated. It's like the husk up on the wheat. If it doesn't go into the wheat, it goes off of the wheat. And when light is rejected, there isn't but one thing to do. Turn into darkness. Any portion of the night would refuse to see the light goes back into darkness. So does it in the gospel. And every age has been proven to be so. We're living in that time. Yesterday's manna is contaminated. I hear people say, 40 years ago I did so and so. That's right. But what about today? What about the church on fire? We talk about yesterday. What about the church today? What about you as an individual today? For yesterday's won't do for the day. It was all right yesterday. Luther's message was a light of the hour, like John's was. But there rose a greater light. So was Luther a great light. And we enjoyed him for a season. But there come another light. The shut his off. What it ought to do was blend with it. And it went on to the perfect loaf of bread. It went on to the perfect manna of God. But what did they do? They organized. Man's got into it. Instead of God leading it, man and his systems got into it. Blind it all. All this bride tree, today it's been pruned. Any branch that doesn't bring forth fruit is pruned. Jesus said so. St. John 15. What's happened now? We see that they've been cut off, pruned off. Remember, the very heart of the tree is right in the center of the tree. The fruit will always right in the last place a tree will ever bear fruit is right in the top of it because it's a precious that comes from the center of the life. It's in the seed. It's a bride tree. Jesus was a bride. He was a tree. They cut him down. He was a tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. They cut him down and hung him on a Roman tree to make fun of him. What did he do? God raised him up the third day from the dead. And today there's a bride tree. It started back there at the beginning. Way back at the day of Pentecost. Listen, you people who belong to church. The church never started in Nicaea, Rome. It started in Jerusalem. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, started the church. And then what did they do? They just kept organizing. And God keeps cutting off the branches. Then they organized the Lutheran. And cut off the branches. Wesley cut off the branches. Pentecost cut off the branches. Until it's come. But God's going to have a bride tree. All that the canker worm eat and the caterpillar eat, I will restore, saith the Lord. 
Malachi 4 tells us we be brought back to the original faith like it was on the day of Pentecost, the faith of the fathers. We believe that it will come. I believe it's time for it now. The limbs are withered and dried up and they'll be uh, taken up from the tree so that the fruit can bear itself right in the top of the tree. Oh my, all these lights are all right. The church today is that light plus what it has received today. Uh, it's to finish the harvest as we find out that the tree itself or the wheat must mature with the light, raising itself up from a blade to a grain and from a grain on, it matures with the light. Light of other ages only bear record of this age. The light of Luther bore record of, of the light of Wesley. Wesley bore light of Pentecost. It's the same light, only matured on by the light. If the people could only see it. Some time ago I was reading a little article for the Queen of England, not this queen, the other queen. She went to see a paper company that had been making such fine paper. And when she was interviewed by the president of the company, he taken her through. She wanted to see how that fine paper was made. He taken her and showed her all the great presses and things. And in those days, they made paper out of rags. We well remember that. So he went into a room and opened the door, and there was nothing but a bunch of rags. The queen in astonishment said, what's these dirty things? The man, that, uh, the president of the company said, that was clothing yesterday. See, it has become dirty. We do not throw it away, but it's a paper of tomorrow. She said, I don't understand this. He said, you'll understand it tomorrow. So when they run these rags through the press to a certain possession of cleansing and, and a certain thing it had to go through, a process, when it come out, it was beautiful sheets of paper. The president thought he would show the queen something that she never knew. He put her profile on it and pressed it into this beautiful paper. When the queen received it, she seen her own profile and what was dirty rags yesterday because it went through a certain process. Oh, if Luther, Wesley, and all of them could see that. That yesterday's stuff can only be used as it goes through a process. When the Holy Ghost reveals the light from justification to sanctification to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now the last hour of the coming of Christ. It's got in it the profile, not of the queen, but of the king of heaven that represents himself as the church has become poster into the minority. But the ministry has to be the same kind of a ministry that he had. Those who died in Luther's age down at the bottom of the pyramid, like not a pyramid teaching, but just for an example. That pyramid is so perfect as any of has been there. You can't run a razor blade hardly. The they had no martyr in it, as far as we know. The architecture of it was so great. Now they lost the headstone. They don't know where it's at. Now when that headstone returns, it'll be just like the rest of it. It will blend in with the stone that's left open. If you should put the headstone on, it has to be that way. And when Jesus returns, he'll find a church that's washed without spot or wrinkle. And it'll be the same ministry he had. It'll bring back the headstone. Like my hand here in a shadow. It's a shadow on this darker. As my hand becomes more, it's a negative here, a positive here. As the negative and positive, it gets denser, darker, darker, darker. And finally it claps together. And negative and positive becomes one. That's when church and Christ unites together as a bride. With the same spirit that was in him will be upon her. When that church comes from justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost into the last days and honing her down now for the coming of the Lord. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You gave Your Son to be a light to the Gentiles. We pray, Father, may You illuminate our path and may we follow Thee with a perfect heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Believe for the impossible. 
not be raptured out of it. The angel of God is here, leading our souls into and the invisible, the inaudible, the inconceivable. Faith to believe for the impossible. Cosas nuevas siendo declaradas Sé que, sé que pronto, pronto Voy a ser arrebatado El ángel de Dios está aquí Guiando nuestras almas En lo invisible Lo inaudible Lo inconcebible Fe para creer Lo imposible En este nuevo día To believe for the impossible. This is when you have to have courage. This is when you have to be fearless.